Well, good evening, folks. It's great to see the House of God fell tonight, and I want to give us all a warm word of welcome to Cullybeck Elam's service tonight. Whether you come on a regular basis or you're visiting, you'll be made very welcome tonight. Trevor asked me to stand in for him today, and he'll be back next Sunday night. He'll be glad to hear that. But we are a church where the people are valued, our, our, our worship is heartfelt, our Lord Jesus Christ is exalted and glorified. And we want to come tonight and worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. But before we come to the, the, to the worship time tonight, I want to give out this week's announcements. And we want, we want to welcome Johnny Clements tonight. He's coming to lead us in worship. And we want to welcome Lisa Carnegie. She's coming tonight to give us her word of testimony of how the Lord delivered her from Reggae. And then after tonight, there'll be tea and biscuits. And I want to say thank you to all the ladies that's involved with that. Stay for a wee time of fellowship after the meeting. Thursday night at 8 o'clock is our prayer meeting. And the prayer meeting is the engine room of the church. That's the power room of this church. It's the war room. It's where the fighting's done and the battles are won. And it'd be great to see the prayer meeting filled on Thursday night. Uh, Trevor said the Bible study is commencing on Wednesday, or sorry, Thursday, the 8th of February. And then next Sunday morning, uh, Pastor Edwin Michael is coming along in the morning to bring God's word. And Charlotte Gordon will be along on Sunday night to give her testimony. And as I said, Trevor will be back with them. There'll be a youth fellowship meeting that street after the service. And Alistair Gordon knows the, the, the name of the speaker because I've forgotten it. <laughs> uh, the, there's a men's fellowship starting on Wednesday the 28th of February. And Proverbs 27, verse 17, it says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And that's what we want to do in this church. Whether you're 15 or 100 years of age, every man in this church will be welcome because it's important to encourage each other in these days and we're living. And also that AV desk in the corner is going to be moved over to this corner, and then men are starting that tonight. So there'll be a wee bit of disruption in the next few days. It's just to let you know that's happening. And also the word for today is out in the foyer there. For anybody that wants one, please lift one in the way out. But before we come to this worship tonight, let us bow our heads and a word of prayer. And let's be thankful to the Lord tonight for all he has done for us. Heavenly Father, as we gather in here tonight, Lord, we come with thankfulness in our hearts tonight. We come, from, we come with gratification in our hearts tonight, Father God, that Jesus Christ stepped out of the glories of heaven, Father, and he stepped willingly onto that cross, Lord, and he willingly died for rotten, wretched, hell-deserving sinners like me, Father. We thank you for the precious blood of the Lamb that was shed. Because without the shedding of that blood, there'd be no forgiveness of sin. And Father, that blood will never lose its power. And there's power in that blood, Father. And I want to give you thanks, Father, for even the prayer that was answered this morning. The lady walked out of this church, Father God. We thank you for this comfort, the strength, and the healing, Father. You're a wonderful God. And you're a mighty God. And you're mighty to save. And Lord, we come tonight to worship you in the beauty of your holiness, Lord. We just pray you'll close us in with yourselves, Father. Lord, take away all distractions from our minds. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that those that are gathered our meeting tonight that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, that you will draw, you will draw and you will give faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank you for the worship team, Lord. Thank you for the truth of this worship. They come tonight to worship you and spirit and truth, Lord. So let your spirit flow, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Johnny. I hope you stand with us as we get ready to worship together this evening. Praises rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you. 
there's no one in heaven or on earth who compares to you. Nobody more worthy of our praise and our worship. Every breath we take, every line we sing, God, we pray that this would be a house of worship that would honor and glorify the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who made himself a simple man, fully God, but fully man, to die on a cross for each and every one of us. And Father, we're so thankful that you would humble yourselves so that you could call us sons and daughters, so that we could be washed white as snow. We love you, God, and that is the reason that we worship you one of the thousands and thousands that you deserve our praise would you be honored would you be glorified in this house in jesus name we pray and everyone said thank you johnny you can be seated what a wonderful name it is the name of jesus there's power in the name of jesus and johnny's going to set up the piano and he's going to sing two more uh, songs tonight and then lisa you're coming up and you take your liberty tonight and you tell the people the truth. But there's power in that name of Jesus Christ tonight. Because there is no other name given under, under heaven to men by which we must be saved. And life is all about questions, folks. Life, every time we go out the door, we're asking questions. Since we were able to walk and we talk, we've asked questions. I want to ask a question tonight. This is a deadly serious meeting. Are you saved? And it's an answer tonight that every one of us can answer with a yes or a no. There's no ifs, buts, or maybes, or in-betweens. Salvation is a serious, are you salvation sure tonight? Because this is serious tonight. We're worshiping the King of Kings and I'm going to tell you something. He's coming soon, folks, and we need to be ready. And my heart and soul, my prayer is tonight that I see souls saved in Becky this year because we're fed up with the enemy taking ground off us. We're fed up with the enemy taking souls. We want to see Christ winning the souls tonight. And we're going to worship tonight in the, in, in the spirit of truth tonight. Johnny, you take your freedom the next two songs, brother. Thank you.
Thank you. 
Good evening, everyone. Um, I just want to say what an honour and a privilege it is to be here to lift the name of our King, our Lord and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
Um, my name's Lisa Carnahan, and I'm here to share my testimony uh, of how the Lord totally broke through into my life and saved me. He saved me from the wrath of God. He saved me from myself. He saved me from my sin. He saved me from Satan, and he saved me from hell. Um, so I'm saved just six and a half years. And I'm married, married to Robert. I've been married for nearly 16 years. And I have four wee girls. Isla's 14, Bobby's 12, Marnie's 10, and Connie's 8. Um, we live in Dremore in County Down. And uh, I was brought up in a, in a lovely home, a mommy and a daddy, a brother and a sister. Um, but nowhere uh, was God. I wasn't brought up in a Christian home. We wouldn't have went to church. Uh, my mum has 12 brothers and sisters. My dad has 13. And nowhere in our family was there a Christian. No grannies, grandas, no Christian influence in my life whatsoever. Um, so anything I learned about the Lord would have been in school and uh, for a brief time going to GB. So I would have learned about um, Moses, baby Moses. I would have learned about Noah and the ark. And I would have learned about baby Jesus. But um, there's a verse in the Bible, and it's from Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. And it says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. This is the Lord Jesus Christ that came into my life and saved me. Um, I would have been very much reliant throughout uh, my life on myself. I would have took advice from myself or from friends. Um, so I would have... Um, been involved in holistic therapies, alternative therapies. Uh, I would have took advice from anyone really. So whenever I was pregnant, I was advised um, to try some pregnancy yoga that um, it would be good for, it's, it's good for pregnancy, good for labor. So I took advice and I done pregnancy yoga. When the babies were born, I was advised to do baby yoga because it would help them sleep. So I done baby yoga. Um, and then uh, I was advised that I should try yoga for myself, for my fitness. Um, so I would have done that. Uh, one of my girls, my youngest, she was breech. So I was advised to get reflexology that we turn the baby. So I took advice and I, um, I got that done. I would, have, um, I would have practiced mindfulness and meditation. And I also would have had my children doing mindfulness um, as well. Um, so that's kind of how in, in my adult life and my motherhood, uh, things that I, I would have done. And uh, whenever my youngest was still kind of, well, about six months, um, I was getting these pains in my hands and feet. And I had phoned the doctor and I told the doctor what was happening and, and she wanted me to come in for some blood tests. So uh, I was talking to my best friend at the time, Lee, who uh, was very much into alternative therapies, holistic practices. Um, I was tell she asked me how I was and I was telling her and, and she said, you know, you don't need to go to a doctor. Uh, you need to, I, I know a girl that does recce. 
and what it is, uh, you just need all your energy, you just need balanced out, you need all your energy, all your hormones balanced out. You've had all these babies so quickened together um, that, that that's what the problem is. And so she gave me a number of a lady that she knew and, and I took my best friend's advice and I phoned the lady and made an appointment to, to go and see her and I went and seen uh, she had a lovely therapy room all built up above her garage and uh, so I drove and, and I went to see her and I was explaining to her about pains in my hands and feet and um, my friend Lee would have been very much into um, like tarot cards and fortune telling but I knew that that wasn't good. So I, I, said to, I said to this lady, you know, I'm not into all the hocus pocus that, that Lee's into. I'm just here about my hands and feet. And she said, well, I can see you're a bit nervous. So um, normally what I do before I do any, anything with a, a, a patient or a client, I would say a prayer into myself. But I can see you're nervous, so I'll, I'll say this prayer out loud and it'll make you feel at ease. So she prayed and it was, dear God, and I can't even remember what the prayer was, but the dear God was good enough for me. Um, I didn't know that you needed to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I don't know who she was praying to, but she just said God, and, and that was fine. And she'd done recce on me, and the pains in my hands and feet left. And she said to me, you know, I could teach you how to do this. And I said to her, well, I'm a stay-at-home mummy, and I'm very happy being a stay-at-home mummy. Robert does the work, and he goes out and does the work, and I'm happy just to, you know, do the toddler groups and spend time with, with my children. And she says, well, if your husband's stressed, if he has a stressful job, or if your children are worried or, you know, anxious or anything, you can do this on them, and it'll help them. So I took her advice, and uh, she taught me then how to do recce. So uh, after she taught me this, she said that you have to do it to yourself for two weeks. And it just involved really placing your hands in, on different kind of places in your body, on your shoulders or, or whatever. So um, I went home and I started uh, doing this. And it was about day five. And as crazy as it sounds, um, I felt like my hands wanted to move about by themselves and it scared the life out of me and I went downstairs and I phoned the lady and I said to her listen I'm doing this recce and my hands feel like they want to move about on their own and she says oh that's fine that's fine that's that's the way it is and I said but it doesn't feel right and she says well you know you have free will you can stop at any time so I stopped and a week or so later, Robert and I uh, were going to Edinburgh. His uh, aunt had been sick, and there was a bit of a family reunion. Um, we were all going over to see the aunt. So uh, Robert and I went to Edinburgh, and we were in this hotel, all the family, this night. And um, I was talking to my sister-in-law. And I don't even know how the conversation kind of got round to it, but we were talking about, uh, about God. And she was in a mixed marriage, and she had four boys. And she said, um, I, I tried reading the Bible, and I got to Cain and Abel, and the murder, and I thought, no, that's, that's not for me. She says, I quite like the idea of Buddha, and that philosophy of um, 
being nice and being kind. And she says, I, I, I like that idea and that philosophy. And I said to her, well, like I wouldn't even have a Buddha in my house because it tells you in the Ten Commandments that you're not allowed to worship any other god. And the only reason that I knew that was because when I was a kid, me and my mummy watched Charleston Heston, The Ten Commandments. It's the only reason how I knew that. And, um, but little did I know, me saying that to her, little did I know that I had broke every single commandment. Um, so that night we went to bed and Robert was fast asleep. And we were in this hotel room in Edinburgh and I just um, got this feeling that I needed to leave the hotel. And I woke Robert up and I said, Robert, we need to leave this place. There's bad in here. And he was kind of looking at me and I said, we need to leave. We need to leave now. Just leave all the suitcases, leave it all. We need to get out of this hotel. There's bad in here. And it was like it was the middle of the night. But Robert being the good husband that he is, he uh, got up and we got dressed and we got into the lift and we, um, when the lift opened, I just remember running out of that hotel and I literally fell to my knees and I couldn't speak. And I was on my knees and I was looking up at Robert and he didn't know what was going on and I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't speak. I, could, I just kept looking at him and saying, oh, Oh, I, I couldn't speak. And uh, so Robert phoned his aunt, and his aunt and his mum uh, came in the middle of the night to this hotel and collected us. Um, we went back to his aunt's house and we got into bed. And I remember just lying there the whole night. I couldn't sleep. I just felt like my skin was crawling the whole night. And I prayed the whole night. And all I knew was the Lord's Prayer because I'd learned that in school. And I just kept praying it over and over and over again. And the next day we were going home in the plane and I said to Robert, you need to pray for me. Something really, really bad has happened. But I don't know what has happened. Something really bad has happened. And he was like, right, okay. And all he would have known would have been the Lord's Prayer because he wasn't brought up uh, with, in a Christian family or he had no Christian influence at all in his life. Um, so we got home and the next day Robert went back, uh, went to work and I was doing the school runs and the two, my two eldest girls um, were in school and I had the two little ones with me and I was driving down the road to collect them and I started getting these thoughts in my head that um, I needed to leave my husband and that he was no good, he was no good for me and I needed to leave him. And that really scared me because I knew that there and then that those thoughts didn't belong to me. Uh, Robert and I were very happily married. Um, we were in P1 together, right through primary school, right through secondary school. We weren't arguing or, you know, it was just, I just knew that these thoughts that I was thinking that wanted me to leave my husband didn't belong to me. And in my whole life, in my whole world, I knew one lady who prayed. And I used to work with this girl, Kleena, and she always used to talk about her mummy, Nula, and how my mummy prays for this and my mummy prays for that. And she lived in Cookstown, and I, I lived in Lisburn at the time. And I phoned Kleena's house, her landline, and she lived in Lisburn. And I just praised the Lord that her mummy picked up the phone. And I'd only met Nula probably about three times in my life. And she picked up the phone, and I said, Nula, this is Lisa here, Kleena's friend. 
I've done something really wrong. Something bad's really happened here, but I don't know what it is. I need you to pray for me. And she was like, well, I'm here with the grandchildren. And I says, well, I'm on my way. I've got the four girls with me. I'm on my way now. So I picked the two girls up from school and I went down to Lisburn and I literally fell into Nula's arms. And as she prayed for me, I could feel my shoulders relax. And every time she stopped praying, I could feel my shoulders all tense up. And it was just, it was just crazy. Um, in our family, Robert has three sisters and I have a brother and a sister. And we were the real sensible ones of the family. Whenever anything happened, to, you know, if anybody needed advice or anything, they would always come to us. Like we were the most sensible people. Um, so for this, ha for this to be happening and not knowing what was happening, but just knew that there was something really, really wrong. Um, so in Nula's house then, <clears throat> Robert was phoned and he came to collect me and he phoned my mum and my mum came out of work and my dad came out of work and uh, my mum's sister, Aileen, she's Down syndrome, who lived with my mum, she was pulled out of her centre and they all drove up to my house in Lisburn and uh, I just remember standing in my sunroom and Robert has a very successful business. And he was standing in front of me and my mum and my dad. And I remember just looking at them and thinking, all your money and all your love isn't going to help me. But I just don't know what is. I didn't know that those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know the gospel message. I knew nothing. My husband knew nothing. My parents knew nothing. My children knew nothing. And I was just standing looking at them and... I look back now from a spiritual view, we were totally blind and we were totally lost and we were totally in the dark. And my dad says, let's phone the doctor. And I said, yes, let's phone the doctor. She'll be able to fix me. So the next day the doctor came out and she knew me and she took one look at me and she said, I can't help her. She needs to be assessed. And I said, well, let's get assessed. They'll fix me. So um, I had to go to the White House in Lagan Valley. And there was a lady there, a psychologist. And praise the Lord, that lady was a Christian. And by law, all she can say to me is, how is your faith? And she said to me, how is your faith? And I says, well, I believe in God. And I've been praying and praying. And I know he's going to help me. And she says, well, you know, maybe you just need to rest. You just need to go home and rest a while. And if I had a, got somebody else, I, I don't know what, what advice I would have been given and what advice I would have taken. Um, but praise the Lord for that lady. So I went home and my mum and dad came out of work for a fortnight and moved into our house. Robert, he came out of his work as well. And they just kind of took over um, the day-to-day -day running of the house and on, of all the children and the school runs and the swimming runs and all, all the rest. Um, so after two weeks, my mum and dad, like they had to go home. So uh, they went home and Robert went back to work. And I was in the ballet waiting room. One of my girls uh, does ballet. And there was this lady, uh, Nicola, who I'd been talking to like for a couple of years, you know, chit-chatting in the waiting rooms. And she was going on about this holiday that she was just back from Israel. And I said to her, why would you go to Israel? Like, is there not a war, loads of wars and all going on over there? And she says, well, we're Christians. And I looked at her and I was like, right. 
can I ask your advice on yoga and on Reiki? And she looked at me and she said to me like way after she had to make a decision there and then, will she speak the truth or will she kind of just, you know, gloss over it? And she, she spoke the truth to me and she said, when you do yoga and Reiki and so all those other uh, practices, you're opening yourself up to evil. And I said, how do you know that? Because I know now that it's wrong and I know that I'll never do it again. But, but like, how do you know that? And she says, well, when you walk with God, you, you know. And I thought, I have never heard that saying in my life, like when you walk with God. And she said to me, has something happened? And in that space of a few weeks, like I had lost so much weight. I was even afraid to look at my face in the mirror. Like my eyes scared me when I looked in the mirror. And she said, Does has something happened? And I said, yes. And she says, uh, maybe you might maybe need a wee bit of deliverance. And I said, well, what's deliverance? And she says, it's whenever people pray for you. And I said, yes, that is what I need. And she says, I'll, I'll get a number for you. And I said, right, okay. So about four weeks later, Nicola being Nicola, came back and she said to me in the waiting room, I have this number, would, would you like it? And I says, well, like I, f I f kind of feel it all right, but yeah, I'll take it anyway. And within a couple of days, I had lifted, that, lifted the phone and phoned um, this number. And it was a man, Jim McTurnahan, and it was part of the um, Abbott's Cross Congregational uh, Prayer Ministry. And I phoned and told him exactly uh, all the things that was going on, telling him what I am telling you now. And um, he, he got it, he understood it, and he made an appointment for me to go over, um, to, go over to the church for prayer. And so a couple of days later, then I was in the mother and toddler group that I had been going to for, for years. And one of the girls that I had been friendly with, Michelle, I was sitting chatting to her and I said, I'm going for deliverance on Wednesday. And she said, she says, what's deliverance? I says, I don't know, but I need it. And she wasn't a Christian and she wasn't from a Christian background either. And uh, she says, well, here, I'll come with you. And I said, uh, I says, well, like, I'll be all right if I can drive to some woman's uh, therapy room above her garage. I'm sure I can drive to a church. And uh, she says, no, I'll come with you. So on the Wednesday, me and her got into the car and away we went and uh, we got the Abbot's Cross and like we walked in and three of the most godliest uh, like warriors for God were there. And I went into to this wee room and I sat and told them everything that um, had been happening. And I always had this real disgusting feeling and I didn't know what it was. And I used to rack my brain and think, why am I feeling like this? You know, I've got a lovely husband. I've got a lovely home. I've got healthy children. I've, I've got a nice family. Just this, just this disgusting feeling all the time that I just didn't understand. I didn't know what it was. And so I was explaining everything to these people and they just sat me down and explained to me that what I am feeling is called sin. And nobody can take that away but the Lord Jesus Christ. And like, this was news to me. Um, it really was. I 
knew that I would never, ever do any of that stuff again. I knew I would never do yoga or reiki, but I didn't know who to turn to. Um, they sat me down and explained my sin, and they explained to me the good news of the gospel. That simple but powerful message that Jesus Christ came into the world for me and that he died on a cross for me and that three days later he rose again and he is in heaven and he is the one that can take my sin away and I knew that I would never do any of that stuff again but with repentance you have to turn from and you have to turn to and I had turned from but I didn't know who to turn to and like in that second in that moment once I heard that I totally turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and I repented for everything that I had done. I had renounced everything that I had done. And in that split second, it was like the Holy Spirit literally came right into me and got all that yuck and sin and threw it out at such a force. And I'm glad Michelle was with me because I felt everything that was happening. Michelle seen it with her own eyes. I nearly would have left the place thinking, did that just happen? But Michelle was with me. She seen it all. Um, and they prayed and they prayed for me and they prayed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just what we were singing, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is above every other name. He is far high above it all. And so at his name, all that sin, all that stuff that I was doing, all those doors that I had opened up to myself had to go. It had to go because the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when these people were praying, like it was powerful. And they prayed for me. And after, afterwards, I was like, what, what do I do now? And uh, Jim and Raymond, one of the men that was there, he just got his Bible and he said, you go out, girl, you get yourself a Bible and you get into the Word of God. And I was like, right, okay. So me and Michelle left that night and we were driving home and I said to Michelle, did I just get saved? And she said, yes, you did. And I had never heard of that term saved before in my life. And I was using it as an I was literally saved that night. Um, like all that stuff, all that heaviness, everything just gone. And the Bible says you, you're a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Um, so I, we went home and uh, my husband, he was waiting in the kitchen. And we went in and he was like, well, how'd it go? I said, Robert, Jesus is alive. He was like, what? I said, I'm not joking you. Jesus is alive. He saved me tonight and it's all gone. All that stuff, everything that I've done, it's gone. And Michelle was like, it's true, it's true. And uh, like, it was just, it was just absolutely amazing. Um, the next day I went to the Faith Mission <clears throat> bookshop. I'd never been in it in my life. Uh, and I was just seeing like walls of Bibles. And uh, the lady obviously could see that I didn't have a clue. So she came over and she got me a Bible and she said, now you open it and start reading it, Matthew, because that'll tell you all about Jesus. If you start reading at the beginning, you might get a wee bit confused. And I was like, right. So I took, I took my wee pink Bible home and I opened it. Well, I started reading it. And I was like in bed at night saying to Robert, 
where do you hear? Where do you hear? It was like just, it was just so real. Uh, I read about Jesus casting out a demon of a little boy. I was like, Robert, where do you hear this? Uh, I was like, that's just kind of what happened to me. That happened to me the other day. And then I, I was reading uh, in Hebrews how Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I was like, well, that's true. That is true. Because what he done for me the other day, he done all those years, like he done all those years ago. So like I just kept reading and reading the Bible. And I read about the wolves and the sheep's clothing as well. And I'd met the wolves. But the thing about the wolves is they don't look like wolves. They look like sheep. Um, and if you're not close to the Lord, and if you don't know the Lord, well, then you won't know the wolves. It's as kind of simple as that. Um, so after, uh, that was in June, so we spent our, all our summer holidays down at our caravan in Ballywalter, and I spent my whole summer uh, constantly reading the Bible um, and really studying the Word of God and the words in red when I was reading, I was like, oh, it's the words of Jesus Christ. Um, so once the caravan season was, was done and we were packing up to come home, I said to Robert, I need to know this Jesus more. I need to get to know him more. And it just so happened that there was a Bible college about five minutes from where I lived. And I used to drive past it on the school runs and think, I wonder what happens in there. Well, I knew because I enrolled for a, a Christian education course. I didn't, I didn't have any Christian friends at all. The lady that was part of the prayer ministry, Anne Davidson, she took me under her wing and uh, she said, she, I would have met up with her once a fortnight and she taught me how to read the Bible. She taught me how to pray and she taught me how to pray God's word because um, God's word cannot return void but will accomplish that which it has been sent. She taught me to find uh, promises of God, promises like nobody can snatch them out of my hand. Do you know, um, and when you're reading that after what I had went through, like that was just, just what I needed to hear. Um, she taught me about the armor of God in Ephesians. I was like, yes, that's what I need, <laughs> the full armor of God. Um, so I went to the Christian education course, and of course, like the, the first term that I joined, uh, there was different subjects, and one of the subjects was cults. And I thought, oh, no. And like I was literally saved, I was only saved eight weeks. And uh, the lady I was sitting beside when the, when the lecture was happening, I had to ask her what like, whenever the, the pastor was talking about witnessing, I had to ask, what, what does witnessing mean? Do you know, what does testimony mean? It was like a whole new kind of language for me. Um, so this one night there was a, a man talking about new age and the cults. And he was talking uh, all about the different kind of New Age practices. And he said, does anybody have any experience of this? So I put my hand up and through a lot of tears, I spoke probably for about 30 seconds. And I was like, it's real. You know, don't, don't laugh at it. You take it seriously because it's very, very real. Um, but the Lord Jesus Christ, he came and he delivered me from it all. And after that class, one of the men, uh, Robbie Boyce, he came up to me and he said, Lisa, I, I look after like a wee mission hall. Would you come and share your testimony? And I was like, what's, what's a testimony? He says, it's whenever you come and tell people how, how the Lord Jesus saved you. And I was like, no, I will not. 
no, not a chance. Like, what happened? Like, what happened was so traumatic. Like, it really was so traumatic that I had never, ever planned of speaking about it again. But the thing is, when you give your life to the Lord Jesus, he takes it and he uses it for his purposes and for his glory and not mine. So I said, uh, I said to him, no, no, I won't. And then a couple of months later, when the course was coming to an end, he asked me again. And in the meantime, Anne had been teaching me to pray about everything. Pray about everything. So I had prayed about it, and he said to me, would you, would you come and share your testimony? And I said, yes, I will. And uh, I said to Robert, I'm going to go and share my testimony in a mission hall. Never heard of a mission hall. Didn't know what to expect. Didn't, didn't know anything about it. So that night... Robert took the kids out to the park and I remember sitting on the end of my bed and I prayed and I said, Lord, I pray that you stir the hearts of your people to know what a mighty, mighty God you are. And I got up and away I went and Michelle came with me and uh, I stood and I said to Robbie on the way in, would you mind recording this? Because I don't ever plan to talk about this again. And there'll be things that I'll probably say that Robert won't even know. Um, and he was like, right, okay. So he recorded it. I thought it was voice record, but it was film record. And he said to me at the end, do you mind if I put it on Facebook? And I said, no, it's fine. Like, I don't really do social media work away. So he put it on Facebook. And all of a sudden, all these people started seeing my story and I started getting like these I started getting messages and phone calls will you come and speak in our church will you come to our women's meeting and I was like oh Robert like like in the space of a few weeks I would have went to a wee cafe after swimming every Friday with with Connie the baby and we had went for a coffee and a pancake and I would have been standing up at the till, you know, uh, you know, talking whatever, how are you doing, and all the rest. And everything started to change. Like the guy at the till was like, I watched your testimony. I was praise the Lord. Uh, and then, like, I went to the dry cleaners where I would have left, like, Robert's suits off. And I would have spoke to the wee man where we'd have talked about the weather. And all of a sudden, it was, I watched your testimony. Do you know, everything just kind of started to change. And so I bought myself a diary and I prayed and I said, Lord, if this is your will, will your will be done. Um, I'll do whatever, I'll go wherever. And so the phone calls and everything just started coming in. So I've, I've been in places I didn't even know existed. Um, and that seems to be the way the, the Lord... Um, the Lord has, has took a story that I never thought I would share again, a crazy, like, supernatural story, um, but a very serious one of how, how good is our God. And when you, when you know the Word of God um, and when you're in a relationship with Him, do you know, I know whom I believe. I know the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know that all that other stuff I know that it's wrong, and the closer that I stick to the Lord, then the quicker I will see things that, 
like aren't just aren't of him. The school my children went to at the time, ha, they practice mindfulness as part of their curriculum. Um, and the Lord, within like 18 months of praying, the Lord moved us in the space of a couple of days. Do you know how he has worked in our lives? He has saved my husband. He has saved my four children. Do you know, our feet have been taken off the broad road to hell and has been put on the narrow path. Um, it's, it's just, it's amazing to be able to stand here. No matter how nervous I get, I will go wherever I'm sent to do. And I used to pray, I actually used to pray, Lord, I don't want to remember all that that happened. I used to ask him, would you, would you take, take all those memories away? But now I pray, Lord, never let me forget Never let me forget what I went through. Never let me forget what a saviour I have. Um, my children, like they, they now pray. My parents aren't saved. But whenever something is happening or something's going on or maybe one of my mum's friends are sick, she'll come to me because she knows, she knows people that pray now and we can live our life out, you know, in front of them. Um, I could go on and talk. I could talk all night about the Lord. But um, I'll just say straight away, as soon as I repented and turned to the Lord Jesus Christ, he took all that sin away. He, he took it all away in an instant. But there was other things that he took away. Um, he took away superstition. I didn't know. Like, I was brought up uh, not walking under a ladder or, you know, seeing magpies. That's just was how I was brought up. So after I got saved, I remember out in the car driving and seeing a magpie and thinking... Why am I not saying one for sorrow? And it was because when the Lord takes it all, he takes it all. What you think, not, something that you don't even think is wrong, it went. Um, he changed my taste in music. I was, I was big into music. Um, I didn't even know Christian music existed. And then I Googled and started listening to people like Shane and Shane and, and Lauren Daigle. Um, totally, I wouldn't listen to any worldly music now. Um, like the music my kids would have been listening to would have been things like, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Do you know, the, the words and the lyrics that they were singing, it was just horrible. But you don't see that whenever you're not a Christian. It, only, it takes you to be born again to, to see. Um, and the other thing that I done was that the, the people at the prayer ministry told me to go home and um, go around my house and have a look and see that there would be things there that are not of God. And of course, like I, was, I had bracelets on with like my star sign and uh, what do you call it? The birthstones and all things like that. That all had to go. Um, I would have had like books on yoga or like weed crystals. All I, I was told, you, you burn it. You get rid of it and you burn it. Um, so that, that totally changed as well. But I'll just, I'll finish on, on a psalm and it's Psalm 40. And it says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit out of the Mary clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. And that is, that's my song to the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise him every day and thank him. And thank you for inviting me to share.
Um, thank you, Lisa. It's amazing how God can turn a mess into a message, and what a message that was tonight. And I just want to close tonight with two verses of Scripture. That's this lady asked tonight about being saved, and she talked about hell. And that's the truth of the gospel, heaven or hell. And I want to share one verse of Scripture, and the most, it's the most um, known verse of Scripture that everybody should know. It. John 3.16, and Robert's going, to put it, or Richard's going to put it up there. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ told us that we will be judged through his word. And it's a point unto man once to die and then the judgment. And I want you to look at that verse of scripture. If you're, not, if you're not in Christ tonight and you're not saved. For God so loved the world, that's you and that's me, that he gave his only begotten son. That's the Lord Jesus Christ who stepped out of the glories of heaven. He died on that cruel cross. He shed his blood that we could be saved. That whosoever, that's you and that's me, believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Another verse of scripture I want to leave with you tonight, and I want you to ponder over this tonight, is in Revelation 20, 15, it's another whosoever. Your name will be found in one of these two verses of scripture. You decide which one it will be in tonight. It says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Heaven or hell. That is the gospel here tonight. Jesus Christ came out of the, the glories of heaven to save us from our sin. The Bible tells us in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the, the good news tonight, the good news is that Jesus Christ gave us that great gift of eternal life tonight. And that gift of salvation is an offer for you here tonight. We don't want to see anybody lost and going to a lost eternity in hell. Jesus Christ loved this world. He gave his all for us here tonight. And what a message tonight, Lisa. What a message. God bless you and your wee family. And thank you for coming here tonight, folks. Thank you very much. And thank Johnny. You're going to close with a, 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 a worship song, aren't you? Thank you very much. Thank you. And remind, remember the tea after the service. Thank you. like to stand as we sing one last song together this evening.
just let us bow in a wee word of prayer. Father, we give you thanks tonight for all we have heard. We thank you, Father, that you can turn a mess into a message, Lord. We thank you for the victory there is tonight in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father. We thank you for how you stepped out of the glories of heaven and came to this earth. You shed his blood, Father, and there's power in that blood tonight, Lord. We pray for Holy Spirit conviction in people's hearts and minds and souls, Lord. We pray them to hear and, and, and hear the good news that salvation has come to the house tonight, Father. A backslider restored, Father. Souls saved, Lord. That's what we long for, Father. And Lord, I thank you for Johnny who brought us our worship tonight and for Lisa, Lord. Lord, we thank you for their, their blessing to us here tonight. Support us now in your fear and your blessing and bless this supper to us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.